You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and Ornitos Tequila, the official tequila of Boot Crew Media. And this is a Monday morning, and you better be feeling damn good this Monday morning because the Saints beat the Buccaneers in probably one of the weirdest games you'll ever watch. 9 nothing, just absolutely shut out Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense, and I'll get to all of it, talk about the defensive performance. We'll address the fact that Taysom Hill was straight up garbage uh, and the offense struggled, although... To be fair, they didn't have Sean Payton there calling the plays. I'm sure that matters just a wee bit. So, what a weird game. Buccaneers could have clinched the NFC South on their home turf on Sunday night while avenging this year's loss, while avenging last year's loss, and the year before that, and the year before that. You get the point. The Bucs recently lose to the Saints a lot. And if it wasn't for a Jared Cook fumble in January, you'd probably lose in January too. I know I'm bringing up bad moments, and now you know these wounds are starting to open up again. But seriously... The Saints have owned the Bucs the last couple of years, particularly the last two years. You take out the playoff game. I know that's the one that matters the most, and that stings. But what I saw Sunday night tells me two things. One, I would hate to see him leave, but Dennis Allen deserves a head coaching job. And two, this Saints defense, they don't, are they not, a, they're not comfortable? They're not okay with playing against Tom Brady. They love playing against Tom Brady. And I think there's something to be said about that when you go up against the best possible challenge and you rise to that occasion time after time after time. So let's get through those two points and then I'll keep carrying on with the rest of the show. Talk about what the defense did right, which is pretty much everything. Talk about the offense and some other things that I wanted to get to about this game. But man, I'm feeling good this Monday. I woke up super early to get this podcast in for you guys and uh, I'm excited to uh, talk to you guys about this win the rest of the day. I'll tell you that much. So Dennis Allen. His Raiders stint did not go well. We all know that. He comes back to the Saints, takes a little bit of time, but ever since, really, he's come back to the Saints. The Saints, at the minimum, have been a mediocre defense, which, by the way, mediocre for the 2012, 2015, 2016, 2014. Those Saints, God, they'd sign up for mediocre in a heartbeat. They'd sell the show for a mediocre defense. So they started off mediocre against Dennis Allen, became above average, became good, and now you're looking at a unit that's great. And it's very easy to lose this game and be like, well, they didn't have Sean Payton. They're injured. The Bucs are the better team this year. Like, it's fine to have those all excuses lined up, and everyone would buy them. Everyone would jump at those excuses. Hell, I'd probably throw them at you this Monday if the Saints were to lose. But Dennis Allen somehow rallies the troops without Sean Payton, who really is one of the great motivators in this league, and you go out and you win. And you don't win with style points. You don't win with Taysom having the game of his life or Alvin Kamara dominating the Bucs, although he probably could have if Taysom Hill hit him in stride. You win by just punching the Bucs in the mouth so damn hard that yet again, they pissed their pants on primetime because that's what happened again. The Bucs got punched in the mouth by the Saints and they didn't know how to respond. And it happened last year when the Saints won 38-3. to And let's be real, that was really a shutout. Bruce Arians didn't want to get shut out. He let Ryan Suckup go in there and kick a field goal. That wasn't the case on Sunday night. Suckup missed his kick. So if you had him in fantasy, I'm sorry for your negative one points. But you know what? That's what you get if you played a Buccaneers player on Sunday night. But it really was a, 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 not even a rare occasion, but it was one of those times where the Saints said this is going to be a fist fight. This is going to be a backyard brawl. And... It was one-sided. It was one-sided. You know, you look at the scoreboard, you'll say 9 nothing, and yeah, there was times where I was like, man, in my head, I was like, I can see the Saints losing this 7-6 to because they can't punch the ball in the end zone. But they didn't. 
and they continue to make Tom Brady uncomfortable with their three and four man rush. They actually dialed up a few blitzes that surprised me. And more importantly, putting Davenport and Cam Jordan on the same side, the Bucs had no answer for that. And the Saints went into this with a plan. The Saints decided to switch things up. And guess what? It resulted in a win. And it's one of those wins that changes the entire trajectory of the season. And frankly, even if the Saints don't make the playoffs, guys, they swept the Bucs. And both wins were crazy. Because the first one, Jameis goes out. Trevor Simeon plays decently well. Then you have the pick six to steal it in the, in the fourth quarter. This one, Taysom Hill was not good. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Your offense does nothing. But Brady can't score a single point with that offense? All right. I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll take it. 2-0 against the Bucs. 7-7 seven and seven on the season. And after what seemed to be a lost season, all of a sudden you're having a little bit of fun again. And I think this is what makes this type of team weird, frustrating, but also fun. Like, I, I enjoy moments like this. I enjoyed the hell out of Saints Twitter last night. I'll tell you that much. And that's a testament to you guys. You guys really make it uh, as fun of, as, of an experience as possible for people like me. So let's get into things that I saw in this game that I want to talk about. Obviously, that was my little opening rant. But CD Deuce, man. He's not just a great trash talker. That he is, though. He is a great trash talker. And I know a lot of people love to bring that up. Oh, you know, it's funny enough, guys. My dad refers to him as, isn't that the guy on your team who gets punched in the face all the time? Now, look, my dad's a 49ers fan, so he doesn't know CD Deuce by name and whatnot, but that's what he does. And every time he says that, my dad always follows up by, he's actually a good football player, too. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's the point. Like, CD Deuce, in the eyes of many, CD Deuce, TJ Gardner-Johnson, whatever you want to call him, he is a great trash talker, and that's always going to be the headline. And and I kind of get it because he's so damn good at it. But he's a really, really good football player, and he showed it yesterday. He got in Tom Brady's head, and then after he gets in Tom Brady's head, a couple of drives later, he has the pick that seals the deal, and Chris Collinsworth showed it on the broadcast. He, he baited Brady. He knew that he had the closing speed that if Brady throws that ball, he's going to pick it off. And go and CJ's been flirting with one for the past couple, of we, past couple of games that he's been healthy. He's been flirting with an interception. Almost happened against the Jets. When he got injured against the Falcons prior to that, he almost had a crucial pick. They've been, he's been flirting with one. So, kudos to CJ. CD Deuce continues to ball out. He he always brings the energy. I think this defense, when he's on the field, that's when they're at their best, obviously. And I thought he played extremely well. And I, I love that picture of him and Tom Brady. I will get it framed, and I'll put it somewhere, maybe in the background over here. Yeah, some open spot there. So, maybe I'll put it there behind me for, for those watching the video feed of this, but what a game by him. Now, he wasn't the only Saints player that stepped up because I could literally rattle off every play on the Saints defense. I thought they were all great. I, I really did. But Cam Jordan, man, this has been a weird year for Cam Jordan because we're not saying he's washed up completely. A lot of us have been saying, I just don't think he can do the things that he used to but can still play. And Sunday was a revelation because they put him with Davenport on the same side. That was effective. They let him go up against guards. That was effective. And he finished with two sacks. He had a forced fumble. He had over 100 career sacks now. Got past that mark. And I'm sure that is like taking a monkey off your back in terms of just getting that weight off your shoulders. So maybe this opens up a couple of good games down the stretch for Cam. They are going down against the Falcons to finish the season. And we all know he loves to play Atlanta. So he could finish with double-digit sacks if he plays his cards right. We'll see what happens here. So I thought Cam was dominant. And... Look, we got to be fair with Cam Jordan. When he stinks and he puts up that 24 hours tweet and everyone wants to rip him, all right, we can do that. But when he plays so well on Sunday night and all of a sudden you're like, all right, man, Cam Jordan, 
he might still have a little gas left in the tank if the Saints know how to use him right. He deserves the credit. And I love after the game that he mentioned that the Buccaneers crowd, it was probably the lo- the largest crowd he'd see- he's seen since he started playing the Buccaneers. It's not a coincidence. Obviously, you, you get fans that come out for a game like that because you think you're clinching the division. Spoiler alert, you're not. But Cam Jordan was dominant, and I thought that for him to come back after missing a game because of COVID and it ruined his Ironman streak, and what a, what a return. And I'm really happy for him, and I think guys like Cam, look, this is a tough year. You need guys like him. You do need guys like him who are always positive, always upbeat, and just really stoked for him. I, I thought he played great. I thought Marshawn Lattimore, man, he could have taken his foot off the gas if he wanted to. Mike Evans goes down. Chris Goblin goes down. He didn't. I thought he fought through the whole game. You could tell he was trying to get a pick late in that game. And I, I thought, again, Lattimore, I think Collinsworth said it great. He's an all-or-nothing player. He's either going to make great plays and shut you down, and you're like, wow, 23 can ball. Or he's going to get burned. And and I, I think for a game like this, when it's Sunday night and the lights are bright and you're going up against great receivers prior to getting hurt, I think that you kind of understand Lattimore's going to play well. And I thought Lattimore would. I, I said that Evans was going to finish with like 40 yards, 30 yards, and a touchdown, which isn't great, by the way. Doesn't finish with anything because he gets hurt, obviously. But I, I, you could just tell Lattimore was ready for this game. So I want to tip my cap to him. I thought Marcus Williams was bringing the boom. I thought Demario Davis did his thing. Marcus Davenport, again, he's so damn good this season when he's healthy. Carl Granderson continues to take strides in the right direction. And David Onyemata, I think that was the best game he played this year. And I think if David Onyemata can continue that, Saints are going to have a shot down the stretch. And I'll talk about what they can do down the stretch in just a little bit. But before I do that, it wasn't all good because the Saints won 9 nothing. They didn't win 38-3. They didn't win 28-2 to or 28-6 to or whatever the hell this weird score. They scored nine points on offense. And the easy thing to do today is to just say, ah, Sean Payton was out and uh, that was bad. And yeah, not having Sean Payton stinks. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not stupid. I know if Sean Payton was there, Saints offense would be better. But Taysom Hill was bad. And I thought Taysom played well against the Jets. And I thought he didn't play as bad as the box score indicated against the Cowboys. I think he got pressured a little too much against the Cowboys late in the game and kind of felt like he had to make throws that he couldn't make. And that's why he had those four picks. But against the Bucs, he just, I think he was feeling pressure that wasn't there. And there were times where he was rolling out, didn't have to. The pocket was clean. Now, there were also times where T.J. Ruiz got steamboated, but, I mean, you should expect that. But Taysom's got to be better. And if the Saints are going to make a run down this stretch and, and make that playoff spot and, and get that seven seed that, hey, it's still up for grabs. And if the playoffs start today, they would be, by the way. Funny enough. I think that you would absolutely need Taysom Hill to play better. So he needs to be more efficient. Because he missed a lot of throws. He skipped a lot of passes. And a lot of the throws to Kamara could have gone for really big gains. One could have went for a touchdown. The other one could have went for a big gain over the middle. You got to give 41 a chance. You got to. Because if you don't give 41 a chance, good luck on offense. He's by far your best playmaker. So Taysom Hill has to be better. He has to feel better pressure there too. But if I tell you that Kamara had 11 carries for 18 yards, and Taysom Hill had 33 rushing yards and only 154 yards passing, you're going to tell me the Saints get blown out, and I'd be like, God damn, you are right. But they didn't. They didn't. So it's one of those where you're happy the Saints won, but you got to acknowledge that the offense needs to be better. You hope that the return of Sean Payton does that. And the only guy that I thought really played well was Callaway. But even Callaway, I thought Callaway had some drops that should have brought him down. Now, kudos to him at over 100 receiving yards. If he can keep that up, that would be excellent. But he also has to be a little bit more 
efficient and reliable in those catch and traffic situations. But yeah, Taysom Hill guys, not good. Uh, and there's no, there really is no benefit to me having a Taysom Hill roast right now because he's bad and we all know he was bad. And if he continues playing like this, the Saints are going to struggle to win games because you can't rely on shutouts. But I would imagine he would be better in the future. I, I was worried about this Bucks matchup. I thought that they would have an answer for him, and they did. And I'm just curious to see how he responds now. That's a lot. A big part of the NFL is how do you respond after a bad game? And although the Saints won, Taysom was bad. So how does he respond on Monday night against the Dolphins? I am super, super curious to see how that gets goes down. Now, obviously, I'm not done yet. We still have a lot more to talk about. The Saints playoffs hopes. Why I can't stand tanking. And Sunday night was a perfect example of why. Before we do that, I find it really interesting. So in this game, Godwin gets hurt on a, on a pretty hard hit. I don't think it was a dirty hit. That's what the league wants you to do now. The league, rather you take a guy's knee out than hit them in the head. Um, I'm not advocating for hitting in the head. I'm just saying those are what the rules basically tell you to do now is go low. And P.J. Williams played by the rules, in, in their rules. So Godwin goes down. Evans gets hurt. Fournette gets hurt. And, and my God, Fournette was going to have a crazy game if he didn't get hurt. He had seven catches for 33 yards. So just dump off after dump off. That's what it probably would have been. So those guys go down. And I noticed during the broadcast, they kept mentioning, well, the Bucs are down the receivers. And now they're down to three receivers and, and they're running out of weapons. And I get it. Like, you didn't go into this game if you're the Bucs saying, all right, we need Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson to just become great players here. But... On the flip side, what do you think the Saints have been playing with all year? Like, I think Ryan said it best. I think he tweeted the Saints are playing with, like, uh, Amazon delivery drivers. And he's not wrong. Like, look at what the Saints have on all. Adam Trout, one catch, four yards. Trey Smith, two catches, 17 yards. Little Jordan Humphrey didn't have a catch. Ty Montgomery didn't have a catch. Nick Vanette didn't have a catch. I'm just going through the box score right now. I mean, the Saints receivers are bad. Michael Thomas has not played a damn game this year. And by the way, with the My Michael Thomas thing, uh, this, this isn't a sub to anyone. This is to all of us, including myself. When we say who the Saints haven't played with this year, we have to stop including Michael Thomas's name. We haven't seen him in about two years with the way this has gone. So we, we got to just stop. But even Michael Thomas to the side, Callaway, this was his best game. You look at Trey Quan, We thought maybe he could have a breakout year. No. Little Jordan Humphrey. All right, he's had some nice games. But again, he's still a bottom-tier receiver. Ty Montgomery did nothing there. Deontay Harris is suspended. So, I mean, this is, I get it. Like, I feel bad for Godwin and Evans. Like, I hope their injuries aren't serious. I don't think Evans is that serious, but Godwin's, it sounds like an MCL sprain, which would put him out for a couple weeks. I am not going to sit here, though, and act like only the Bucs had bad weapons. And even when the Bucs did have those things go down, you still had Gronk, you still had Cameron Brait, you still had OJ Howard, you still had Ronald Jones. Do something. I'm not saying light up the scoreboard, but you just need to tend to get the win. So uh, it, it was just funny to me. I get that injuries are part of the game, and the injuries played a factor. Like, don't underestimate that. Goblin and Evans goes down. That changes a lot. But what have the Saints have been doing this all this, this whole year? I mean, they've been playing with absolutely nothing at wide receiver. So I just found that was interesting. And, and what I also found interesting real quick, guys, and I don't know about you, and I'm not blaming them. If I were a fan of their team, I would be excited. Like, you won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady's still playing well. And you have a chance to win the division. But these Bucks fans, like, you keep coming up with skits. And one, they're not good. Like, you that's the important thing. Like, for example, 
I share a lot of Jono Barnes's content, uh, content, and it's because I think he's really good. Besides the fact that I think he's a really nice guy, but I think his content's really good, and it makes me laugh. I watch these Bucks ones. I'm like, there's no one fucking laughing. Like, it's not funny, and more importantly, it keeps it keeps jinxing their team. So if the Saints and Bucks meet again in the playoffs, and that would be something, I really, really hope that person makes another skit. Because they're 0 for 2 with them. And again, they're not funny. Like, that's that's the important thing. But anyway, I, I'll get off that point. I just wanted to throw that out there. And if I were a Bucks fan, I'd take the day off. I'm not showing up to work. Your team didn't show up on Sunday. Why should you show up to work on Monday? Uh, so, Saints, playoff hopes. That's kind of what everyone wants to know right now. I know technically if the playoffs started today, they would be in. But you have Minnesota-Chicago tonight. Minnesota wins. That would change things. So, you're rooting for the Bears. If you want to make the playoffs, you're rooting for the Bears tonight. Tomorrow, you have Seahawks-Rams. I say you continue to root for the Rams because you want the Seahawks out of here. And if the Seahawks win, that's another team in the hunt. They lose, sayonara. Then you have Washington and Philly. I think that's the game on Tuesday night. That is the one that could get you because Washington has beaten the Saints before. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. Eagles have beaten the Saints before. Washington has not. I would say you root for Washington and hope that Washington beats the Eagles and then next week loses to Dallas, which is very realistic because I think Dallas can wrap up the East with a win next week. So you know Dallas is going to be gunning there. But if the Eagles win, they would be 7-7 seven and seven, and they have the tiebreaker over the Saints. So I, I think these are all fascinating things to look at. The Saints' playoff hopes are not done, not done in a long shot. And I, I do think if the Saints were to win their last three games, I think they would get in. And I don't think they would need help. I think they win two out of three, and you're nine and eight, then you need help. But I think if you win your last three, which is doable, you got Dolphins at home, Panthers at home, Falcons. Those are doable. You're going to need some help, obviously, in terms of your offense needs to help you out, not other teams. But if you can go 10-7 and seven with the way this season has gone, I would have signed up for it immediately. I actually thought coming into the year, that's what the Saints would be. And if they weren't hurt, I would definitely think they would exceed those expectations personally. But they have a chance to be 10-7, and seven, everything's still in front of them, and that is because of this win. Like, yes, enjoy this win because Tom Brady was shut out for the first time since 2006. He was out there throwing Microsoft tablets everywhere like a little baby. Like, it was, it was funny. I enjoyed the hell out of that win. And then also realize that with this win comes the fact that the Saints now have playoff hopes. If they lost that game, I think it'd be very easy just kind of... Say the season's over. And we would all get it. They're hurt. But they win. You're now 7-7. Seven and seven, And you got a shot to make the playoffs. Now, I don't, if they make the playoffs, guys, I don't expect them to do anything. But wouldn't you like to ruin someone's season? I mean, that, that would be fun. No, that would be damn fun. So, Saints got Dolphins, Panthers, Falcons. Let's close out the, ceiling, uh, the season. Two at home. The one on the road is Atlanta. Saints fans could make that a home game, especially if a playoff spot's on the line. So, they don't got to travel much. I think that's very, very important. Got to be careful about this whole COVID situation. They got to be very cautious about where they are and what they're doing and make sure they don't lose any guys to that. Gotta, you're going to need Sean Payton back. You're going to need Taysom Hill to play better. But you're going into week 16, and the playoff hopes are not like, okay, we need this team to lose. You need this team to lose. Like, no. Like, if you win your last three games, you're in. That's pretty damn cool. And that's all you can ask for. And that's why I never understood why it was like week 12 
And Saints fans were worried about what draft pick you were getting. They're not going to draft the prospect you want anyway. Like that, that, that is what it comes down to. And now got a shot to potentially make the playoffs. I would take that any day of the week. Cause you know, we all want the football season to be over till it's over. And then you realize you got to wait till September for the next one. And that long wait sucks. You got to convince yourself that the NBA has more than two teams that could potentially win a championship. And then you got to sit through baseball and it's a long summer. So I, I'm going to enjoy the season while it's going on. And again, I would prefer that it's week 16 and the season matters, which it does, which is great. But it's just games like yesterday's why I don't like tanking. And you could tell players don't tank because you can't tell a player to not do their job and lose. They would never do that. And you go out, you zip the bucks. And now you go into Monday night, seven and seven. You're going up against the hottest team in football. I said that right. The Dolphins are the hottest team in football. They've won six in a row. And if my math serves me right, I think only the Chiefs have more wins than them in a row. I think the Chiefs are on a seven-game winning streak, I believe, and the Dolphins are on a six-game winning streak. And real quick about the Dolphins, and obviously I'll preview them later this week, what I would say is impressive about the Dolphins is what I'm also thinking is impressive about the Saints. The Dolphins start off one and seven. You could have completely collapsed. Everyone could have blamed everyone else and throw everyone under the bus, but they didn't. And I think that's impressive. And for the Saints, you started off five and two. You lost five games in a row. Easy to lose the locker room. Easy for things to unravel. But they didn't. And I think that is a testament to both coaches and what they've been able to do. So again, playoff hopes alive for the Saints. They zipped the Bucks, And man, that was such a funny game. Uh, it really was. And I don't know how the rest of this year is going to go. But I know that the Saints beat the Buccaneers on primetime without Sean Payton. And that is just something that will probably bother Bucks fans for the rest of the year. And real quick about the Bucs. And I don't want this, by the way. I'm not a root for injury type of guy. If Godwin or Evans has to miss time like in the playoffs, like that, this is one of those losses that probably cost you a Super Bowl. And it would come at the hands of the Saints. So I, I guess that's something. That's something, man. So we'll see what happens. Saints have the Dolphins next Monday. I'll have a preview for that, obviously, before Christmas for those who are celebrating. And we'll preview that one. I think it's going to be another really fun game. You don't want an emotional letdown. Saints played against the Bucs, had that emotional win, had that letdown against the Falcons. I don't know if that happens again. I think that it's at, on prime time. I think the Dome's going to be rocking for that game personally. Like, I really, really strongly feel that way. I don't know slash think they'll have that letdown. Doesn't mean they're not going to win. But I don't know if they'll have that letdown that they did with the Falcons. Because the Falcons one was pretty bad. But again, Saints are now 7-7, seven and seven, coming off one of the weirdest wins I've ever seen. But I'll totally take it. And we'll see. Playoffs are out in front of them. This is not one of those you need help. Like, you win your games and you're 10-7 and seven and you probably get in. So we'll see what happens there. But I really, really enjoyed watching this defense dominate. I thought guys like C.D. Deuce, Cam Jordan, Davenport, Tamara Davis, Lattimore, Anya Mott. I mean, so many good performances that I just shout out to them and the way that defense played. Blake Gilligan did his thing. Don't want to leave him out. I'll continue to tweet Blake Gilligan for MVP until this damn season's over. Brett Maher, man. That last field goal just snuck in, but he made it, and that's all that matters, and that's back-to-back weeks where Brett Maher's done a really good job. And the Saints just need consistent kicking. If Brett can do that from 45 and in, I would take it in a heartbeat. So special teams was good, defense was good, offense was not good, but it still results to a 9-0 win. Saints are 7-7. and They'll be back Monday night to face the Dolphins, and we'll see if they can win that game, get over 500, get more momentum. Who knows how this season 
finishes out. But I appreciate you guys for listening to this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I wish you guys a very, very good week. Enjoy your victory Monday. I know a lot of you tweeted at me. You didn't get sleep, but hey, it's all right. A win against the Bucks is like a shot in the arm. So great stuff there. Hope you guys enjoy your week. I'll be back later this week to preview that Dolphins game, and we'll talk about whether or not the Saints can keep this thing rolling. But the Saints are 7-7, seven and seven, and all of a sudden, things are looking up. And maybe, just maybe, they can still play all spot. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast.